Good afternoon and welcome everyone. With you is Nadia. You're keeping up with Ramadan host on what appears to be day 16 of the holy month of Ramadan. Can you believe how swiftly the days are moving by? May we reap the full benefit of this month. I'm thrilled as always to accompany you on another enriching episode of Keeping Up With Ramadan via 92.1 FM, live streaming via 2MFM.org and through the 2MFM radio app on iOS and Android devices. So whichever way you're listening to us, I welcome you and thank you immensely for tuning in. Today on the show, we'll be focusing our attention on all things food waste. What is it? Why is it a problem? And how big of a problem is it? We know that this month teaches the value of moderation, how to practice self-control, how to really empathize with the poor and needy and put ourselves in their shoes to feel what they feel when they experience the pangs of hunger and thirst. This month is also a time of hosting iftar gatherings, at home in hope of receiving reward from Allah Azza wa Jal. Being generous and sharing food with the fasting person is an incredibly rewardable and praiseworthy thing to do. But unfortunately, a lot of these gatherings involve a hefty amount of overindulgence in food, leading to an excessive amount of food being wasted, which if you think about it, really goes against the Islamic spirit of Ramadan. So today I'll be inviting Pip Keenan, Chairman of Clean Up Australia, to bring much-needed attention to the alarming amount of food that we, as Australians, are wasting, how we can be more mindful to reduce food waste during this blessed month, and the steps that we can take on an individual level. So meet me with Pip Keenan very shortly and on Keeping Up with Ramadan on Tom FM Radio. We can all agree that food is such a powerful connector. It brings people together, it's a celebration and most importantly, it's essential for basic human functioning. 
Food touches so many facets of our life, but the impact of food and food waste on the economy, environment and society is probably the most ignored. And while many people around the world go to bed hungry, developed nations like Australia have developed this scary problem, food waste. Sadly, a lot of the food that we prepare finds its way to our garbage bins and deposited into landfills. This translates into thousands of tonnes of precious food which could have been used for feeding tens of millions of hungry people in poverty-stricken countries in many parts of the world. Instead, the impact is very far-reaching. So why is food waste a problem and what are some of the steps that we can all be taking, people, farmers, industry and government, to help curb this problem? To help address this important issue, I'm on the phone now with Pip Keenan, Chairman of Clean Up Australia. Pip, it's a real pleasure to have you on 2MFM to help bring attention to the alarming amount of food wasted in Australia. Thanks for having me, Nadia, and it's a pleasure to be on your program. Now, Pip, could you first tell us about yourself and what you do as Chairman of Clean Up Australia? Yeah, so Clean Up Australia is a charity that was started by my father, Ian Kiernan, back in 1989. Uh, And we work with Australians all through the year to uh, take litter out of the environment. So we have our National Clean Up Australia Day, the first Sunday in March every year. And then we have clean up all through the year. Um, because the first Sunday March doesn't always suit everyone. And uh, we work with businesses, schools and the community to make a positive impact on the environment. Our work also extends to working with government and businesses and community to stop waste at at its source. So to, um, you know, make changes that help to make us a less less wasteful country Uh, and you've touched on on a very important one today being food waste. Absolutely now let's dive into that problem of food waste in Australia and I really want those who are listening to know the extent of food waste in this country. Tell us about how much food Australia wastes every year and for the typical household in let's say New South Wales how much does that equate to? Yeah, so half of everything in people's household bins is food waste. So we send about 7.3 million tonnes of food waste to landfill every year. So if you think about that per person, it's about almost 300 kilograms of food per person that we're wasting. Mm. And that that hits the back pocket as well. So that's about $10.3 billion. Uh, So that makes us the fourth highest food wasting country in the world that's not something Uh, to be proud of it's not something to be proud of but there are some some practical things we can all do to help address that Uh, i mean the thing to to be very mindful of is that when food waste goes into landfill and it decomposes that expels methane and methane is is not good for the environment Mm. and food waste we need to think of all waste as a resource, and this is something my father, Ian Kiernan, um, was talking about, you know, over 30 years ago, that we, we shouldn't refer to things as waste. We should think of everything we use and consume as a resource mm. and design our products so that they can be reused at the end of their life. Uh, and when it comes to food waste, you know, we should be putting that back into the earth and uh, we can do that at a household level and there's some good initiatives uh, coming forward from the government now to to collect that waste nationally at the curbside. So 
currently only certain councils will collect your food waste in your green bin mm. um, in, in special compostable bags and then that goes to a facility and is, is uh, turned back into compost or or other things and not going to landfill. But where that's not available to households in New South Wales and, and in other parts of Australia, there are other things that you can do as a household uh, to to capture that waste and do better things with it than it being mm. wasted in landfill. Absolutely. Now, who are the biggest contributors of food waste? Is it households or supermarkets and hospitality industries? Well, 34% of the total food waste is coming from the individual household. So we, we can really have a big impact at the household level to reduce that waste. Uh, and, you know, a lot of, a tenth of the total food that, that we buy is, is thrown out. Mm, so, that's right. And what about in terms of demographics? Which generation is said to waste the most food? It's happening across across the board. I haven't got the breakdown of, of demographics and age groups, but we know across all households it is it is occurring. Certain mm. um, councils are capturing household to um, to capture that at the curbside, but that's not that's not across the nation. Yeah. Uh, so in while we're waiting for that to be rolled out nationally, there are some things that we can do, particularly if you have a garden, you can capture that waste and either compost at home, set up a worm farm or set up a bakashi bin. So I, I might go into a little bit of detail about what's involved with yeah, each of those absolutely. if you'd like me to cover absolutely, that. Absolutely, please do. So composting at home has a lot of benefits. It can be really easy. You can do it at home or school uh, and it's, it, almost anyone can do it. it. It's really suited better if you have a little bit more space and a bit of garden to, to actually take up composting. It can, you know, mean that you can reduce the amount of chemical fertilisers you're putting on your garden. You can improve the soil structure, um, improve its water retention so it's more drought resistant and, of course, reduce the weight and volume of what you're putting in, in the general household bin. Uh, then there is a great service that, uh, for those that can't compost, called Share Waste. Mm. which is a free app uh, and it connects people who want to recycle their kitchen scraps with neighbours or people nearby who are already composting or worm farming or keeping chickens even. Uh, so you, you can collect, you don't need any particular uh, material to do that. You can just collect your food scraps uh, in a normal container and drop them off to someone that you find on the app that can make use of them. So it's a very no mess, no fuss easy way to to capture that it's a really great it's app, a great right? initiative just, yeah yeah definitely it is it is and it's it's very easy to put in your postcode and then areas close to you will will pop up and you can uh, make contact and and uh trade your waste. Yeah, it's amazing how, you know, technology has facilitated for us the ability to do that. Whereas uh, many right. years ago, we didn't have that uh, luxury of doing that. So if you don't want to deal with that compost yourself, uh, you can give it to someone else who can benefit their soil with that uh, compost. That's right. Who, who will, will use that resource and turn it into, into great things. So, exactly. Uh, and and then worm farming, if you don't produce a lot of food scraps or you have a smaller place, worm farming can be a good option. 
Uh, and then the Bokashi bin, uh, you might not have heard of a Bokashi bin, no. but it's actually, it's actually a uh, Japanese system that pickles or ferments the waste. So Bokashi means fermentation. It's very well suited to small spaces. You can do it indoors, so you could do it in your home or even a, in an office. Uh, and it's got a special bran that you put in there that's got good bacteria and it breaks um, the food waste down very quickly into a traditional compost. And the benefit of a Bokashi bin is um, unlike a worm farm and a compost where you are discouraged from putting meat and dairy and bones and things in because mm. it attracts insects and, and rodents and things, you can put those materials into your Bokashi bin uh, and they will be fermented into a semi-solid matter that you then uh, can bury in your back garden to help the, the soil health or, again, you could donate, donate that through the Share Waste app mm. um, and someone could, could put that to good use. Wow. So there are a range of initiatives that have already been established in Australia to help drive good action and inspire behavioural change. But I heard it can take a head of lettuce 25 years to decompose in landfill. I guess that shows the severity of the situation. It highlights the importance of not wasting that food in the first place. But you know, if it does become waste, it should ideally be put back into our soil through the methods that you mentioned. So it works as a way of restoring and repairing some of that damage that's happened to our soil. Absolutely. I mean, you're spot on, Nadia. You've talked about recycling the food waste and then you've touched on the very important avoidance of, of the food waste in the first place and avoiding sending it to landfill. So again, thinking about it as a resource. And there's some some really simple ways uh, to help that avoidance that I can talk through if you'd like me to do that. Yes, absolutely. We can talk about, you know, what we can do on an individual level, things that we can do as well at home to avoid food wastage. Yeah, so that the a good one is meal planning and of course it's very important during Ramadan um, to plan around that and not to shop when you're hungry because mm. that that leads to overbuying. Um, but if you and 45% of Australians admit to overbuying at the supermarket. So <laughs> we have a supermarket at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so really planning and, and thinking consciously about those purchases before we get into the supermarket is critical. So planning your meals ahead, taking an inventory of your fridge and pantry and knowing exactly what's there rather than buying and thinking I'll, I'll get it mm. just in case if it's a perishable item, that can lead to more, more wastage. So having that list before you get to the supermarket means uh, often those forgotten foods won't rot at the back of the fridge. Yeah, um, and yeah. it also helps you to budget and make the shopping experience easier. Um, and then there's also the need to not, not judge food by its appearance. So we're seeing now more retailers offering discounted fruits and veggies that might have uh, slight cosmetic blemishes or uh, odd mm. sizes uh, and otherwise unable to meet the arbitrary cosmetic standards that we've created but yep. they taste the same they have the same nutritional value so it's really great to support that and, and support the farmers by buying those sorts of fruits and vegetables and you can save money in your weekly shop by doing that um, also really important uh, with leftovers so you know think about how to incorporate leftovers into another meal 
uh, or or um, use it, you know, eat them, eat them the next day. Uh, and um, also thinking about uh, if you're catering on a larger scale, there are, uh, you know, charities that will happily take leftover food and, and seek that out maybe even beforehand if you, if you think that might be happening uh, after an event that there will be leftover food. You can look into those um, charities that will gladly accept that, that food if it's in, in good condition. Uh, the other thing is thinking about using all the food. So the skin on a lot of fruits and vegetables are not only edible, but they're very high in nutrients with antioxidants and mm. vitamins and minerals. But we tend to throw uh, that away yeah, <laughs> and discard it. Yes, we have this desire for, for perfection and, and thinking that, oh, the skin, you know, has got different colours and variation, but, you know, the skin itself or just under the skin has has a lot of the nutrient uh, content of the food. So even if you don't want to in, include that in the meal itself, there's some great ways to uh, produce really nutritious smoothies for instance you know you can put the ends of the carrots and the strawberries and Mm. an overripe banana in there and things like um you know partially eaten fruit if you've got kids and they have taken a bite of the apple or a bite of the pear and we'll cut the rest of it up and put it in the freezer and then use it in a in a fruity in a smoothie down the track yeah exactly Um, like overripe bananas what i like to do is to store them in the freezer for any smoothies so it acts as an ice so you don't have to put ice in your smoothie and you've got that ripe banana it's wonderful it keeps it cold and almost exactly slushy um, (laughs) but you're you're not throwing out the overripe banana and the same with strawberries and blueberries and things when they might not look as appealing they might start to um, start to break down you can quickly freeze them and they're great in smoothies as well and again with things like spinach and and uh, other vegetables that uh, you might not you think, oh, I'm not going to be able to use that in time, stick it in the freezer and put Mm. it in a vegetable or a fruit smoothie uh, down the track. Absolutely. So there are quite a number of simple actions that we can all do as individuals to reduce the tons of food we send to landfill each year. So those are some of the easiest mindful behaviours that we can adopt to reduce the amount of food that we waste at home. Now, do you think that most people feel a sense of guilt when they throw edible food away. Do you suppose it's more of a mindless thing where we throw perfectly edible leftovers in the bin and suddenly they're not our problem anymore? How can we change our mindset? How can we change our perception of food? I think you're right. We do feel guilty and and there's a lot of wish cycling that goes on into the recycling bin Mm. um, where people put items where they think, oh, it must be a resource, I'll put it in there. That happens a lot with soft plastics and things where we think, oh, surely that's some, a material that can be used, but putting it in the recycling bin is uh, can contaminate um, the entire truckload of recycling wow. material. And, and I want you to shed light on that a bit um, with soft plastics. What does that entail? Mm. So soft plastics are things that are scrunchable, so that might be your bread bag, mm. um, a chip packet, uh, the rice, packet anything you can scrunch up in your hand is classed as a soft plastic they cannot go in the curbside recycling bin but they can very easily be collected by you and taken to your supermarket and put in the red cycle bin there so Coles and Woolworths have those 
bins there available for consumers. You just um, put them all together in a in a plastic bag and put them there. They'll be captured and turned into new products like uh, benches and and sporting equipment. Mm. Uh, so yeah. So okay, that's good are. to highlight. Yeah, because a lot of people aren't aware of this and it's important to to talk about I guess the issue with soft plastics and how as you said it can completely sabotage an entire truck of recyclables. It can and there's a great um, report that was released this week by a, an organisation called Clean Away and they did a study into Australians recycling habits and we all want to recycle. 89% of Australians think it's important, but only 25% of Australians are doing it correctly and sorting that uh, recycling waste correctly in the household. So what they did to address that is launch this fantastic app uh, called Greenius, and mm. you, it's a free, free service, uh, and it makes it really fun and easy to know exactly what can go in the recycling bin and food is a problem you know food and liquids going into the recycling bin in our containers Mm. it's a big area of contamination so the greenest app is is great whether you've got kids or not it's got it makes it fun there's quizzes and games Mm. and but just very simple information about the do's and don'ts of recycling in the home because there's so much conflicting information out there it can be really hard to know what can go into the recycling bin and again uh, that issue you touched on around wish cycling we we think it it's a valuable resource it must be able to be recycled so we put it in the recycling bin and that that causes some problems if it's not the right material absolutely absolutely it's good to know that now, in terms of, I guess, some of the reasons that we were speaking about in terms of why we are wasting food, um, I want to touch on quickly uh, food labelling. Uh, do you think food labelling is, I guess, another issue contributing to waste? A lot of, a lot of labelling seems to cause a lot of confusion about when food is not safe to consume and should be discarded. Yes, it's a good question and that it really comes down to understanding the difference between best before and use by. Mm. So best before dates are a guide of when the food is not of the best quality anymore. So it could mean it's lost some of its nutritional value but the food is still safe to eat. Uh, so up so until when use, is it safe to eat? Well, you can use your common sense and make sure it still smells mm. and looks and tastes okay. Yeah. If it's bad you'll you'll usually know straight away and uh, know not to consume that use by dates on the other hand are indicators of food safety so if the food has gone past the use by date it means it's not safe to eat and it and it is best to be discarded or composted Um, so even if it still looks and smells and tastes all right it's best not to tempt fate and eat Mm. something after it's used by date and i think it's it's quite common with milk sometimes it may past its date then you smell it and you taste it and it's perfectly fine but it's not safe to consume and the other trick with things with used by dates if you if you think gosh i've got too much of this i'm not going to be able to eat it a lot of those items are freezable Mm, okay so you you can if you you can keep the products for longer if you freeze them before they're used by date Okay, fantastic. Mm. What about in terms of storage? Do you believe storage is a big problem as well? If food is stored properly, of course, food waste would decrease. But many people don't know where or how to store their food, I guess, in a way that preserves it from getting spoilt quicker. 
Exactly. And storing food correctly is another way to not only get the most out of your grocery shop, but to reduce waste as well. So if you think of things like herbs, they last longer if they're wrapped in damp paper or a damp towel. Um, and leafy greens, you should take off any of the wilted leaves before you store them so it doesn't um, lead to faster breakdown of the rest of the of the material there. Uh, and, yeah, so just thinking about what are the best material, best foods to refrigerate or others to keep at room temperature um, to, to maximise the lifespan of that food is, is really important. Absolutely. So we've established that food waste is a major concern in Australia that has severe environmental impacts. I mean, is it hard for people to change their habits because they can't physically see the impact it's having on the environment. Does that have an influence on their attitude and how they go about it? Uh, Because they can't physically see the impact that they really don't do anything about it. I think it does. It does have an impact when you, you think you don't think about the sheer scale of it. Mm. But you know, that collectively we are throwing out 7.3 million tonnes of food waste going to landfill every year. So Mm. each household, as I said, about half of everything in their household bin is food waste. So we can each help to reduce that and think of it as a resource. Think of the food as a resource. Even if it can't be eaten, it shouldn't be going to landfill. We need to avoid that as much as possible um, with both what what we buy and buying sensibly and buying what we need, doing that audit of what's in our fridge and pantry, making a list before we buy uh, and then doing some things around the household if we can, around composting or bakashi bin or worm farming or, as I said, the share waste app where you can tap into others who, who are using that food waste really, really sensibly. Absolutely. So there are options for everyone. Absolutely. And I think, you know, during this very special time for us, The month of Ramadan is an opportunity for us to reflect on those who are less fortunate and who are deprived of basic necessities. So we need to change our attitude of not laying the table with more food that we can eat. A lot of people might get overexcited and want to consume a lot more food than they typically do. So it's important to eat, um, you know, a minimal amount of food so that we are not wasting any food. And if there are any leftovers, we should always consume it the following day, especially during this time. We should think about moderation and think about consuming a minimal amount of food. Mm, Yes, and as you said, incorporate it. If there are leftovers incorporated into the meal for the next day is is a great way to, to reduce the food waste as well. And I think it's, you know, the attitude of knowing that we can get whatever we want whenever we want, that we simply overbuy and overspend. So if we reflect on the underprivileged people in third world countries, they know the value of what they have because they can't get it easily and they don't have much of it. So just because we can easily access anything, it doesn't mean that we take advantage of it. You know, it's a resource at the end of the day, as you said before. It is. It is, Nadia. I love the way you've um, (laughs) articulated that. It's lovely. We spoke about the kinds of changes we can make at home to reduce the onset of food wastage. What about at a corporate or industrial level? What are some of the policies and procedures that 
higher management can implement to help their entire company or building waste less food overall? Yes, well, I think, again, it comes down to the sorting and having a bin that will capture the, the food waste. Um, and and we talked about the Bakashi bin. That is a is a viable option for an office because it doesn't smell. It can take all sorts of foods into it. Um, obviously, it needs someone who's going to take uh, responsibility for managing that. Uh, but it is a very viable option for a business. Absolutely, to do that exactly. You, know, you can do a herb garden um, and and be putting the the uh, food waste back into. Co- to compost to to feed that. Uh, obviously, not all businesses have the luxury of that space, but some do, and mm. it's a nice way to capture it. You mentioned also in terms of supermarkets, what's quite common is that uh, a lot of the fruit and veggies are discarded or turned away before they actually reach the supermarket shelves because they don't meet the optimal criteria for consumers. Are there still stringent regulations on how food looks in that food that doesn't appear aesthetically pleasing should be thrown away? Or are we slowly changing that culture or expectation uh, even as consumers and yes. are industries changing how they operate and the policies yes. in place? Yes, it is changing. And it, and you see more and more now that retailers are offering those uh, imperfect mm. fruits and vegetables for sale. And that the consumer has a huge part to play in that by buying it and by sending that message. But that, that's okay. If the banana's not bent, it's straight. I'll still buy it. Yeah. I know it still tastes the same. It's still nutritious. Exactly. Um, you know, but they're offering the it at a lower price. And that's what really yes. encourages people to purchase those apples that uh, maybe they don't look as nice as other apples do. That's right. That's exactly right. The power of the of the wallet, the consumer's wallet, it, it has can send a very strong message about um, what is and isn't okay from from the retailer. And mm. uh, But sometimes, you know, there are fruits and veggies that are very ripe and they're on special, for example. Now, someone might purchase it, but it doesn't last very long in their fridge. And so it gets thrown away anyway. But they've wasted their money and they've wasted the food. So what do you encourage then at that point, you know, if they're encouraging someone to purchase uh, you know, apples that are on the verge of deteriorating, should you purchase it or not? Unless you want to do something quick with it. I th- Exactly. I yeah. think unless you're going to, when it is nearing the end of its life, uh, buying it in bulk, unless it's going to be you're going to do something and cook in a big batch and then freeze some or give some away and you know you'll use it and it does preserve the food once you've cooked it as well it might be start tomatoes might be starting to break down but you can cook them and then um, get a lot more longevity out of the meal you've cooked with that uh, material that otherwise would have spoiled Mm. Um, but just think about that carefully don't be um, don't have a knee-jerk reaction because it's such a great price because it's near the end of its life you've got to be actually sure you can use that and Mm. um strawberries don't really last long with people but although they are ripe you know we should utilize it in a way we mentioned before like in a smoothie or the like so even though you don't want to eat it out of the packet but you can put it into a smoothie and you've saved that strawberry from being or you can turn it into jam or you can Mm. um, puree it and freeze it and plan to use it in a recipe down the track so, and the same with citrus fruits. If you've got a 
surfeit of citrus fruit, you can juice them and put them into ice trays uh, and then put them into a container in the, in the freezer and use them in drinks or meals down the track. So there's ways to, um, to save those materials. The same with things like tomato paste, you know, that's mm. the notorious item where you open the jar and it sits in the fridge and the next time you go to use it, it's mouldy. But you can put that into ice cube trays um, mm. and then break And I heard you, you know, can flip it upside down. And that way, that content is at the bottom. In, yeah, in the freezer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so. I know there are a few people who may put the tomato paste in the freezer as well. So every time they need a bit of that tomato paste, they can just scoop it out and and use it. Break them out, get them out of the ice cube tray, put them in a container in the freezer, and then you just take two or however many you need when you're doing the next recipe. Uh, and it's yeah, it's a very easy way to very to easy get the right way. quantity and not not create waste. No, absolutely. We just need to get ourselves into the habit of doing that. A lot of people complicate it for themselves and say, I don't have the time or the capacity to do those things. I live a very fast-paced lifestyle. I don't have time to do things like that. But it's really important because it makes a big difference, not only on the environment, but for your pocket as well. And of course, we know it's costing the economy so much, you know, food wastage. So essentially down the track, what might happen if we keep doing what we're doing is that, you know, the food prices will skyrocket because we've wasted those resources. So it's going to have repercussions on yourself on an individual level if you don't do the right thing for yourself and for those around you. And I think you touched on something really important. It's it's the habits. It's forming the habits, mm. Nadia. And, and once you get into those good habits, they, they are easy to perpetuate. Um, but the hardest thing is to break the habit, the bad habit in the first place, <laughs> uh, or adopt the new good habit. And then once you have it, you know, it becomes part of everyday life. If you think about uh, plastic bags at the checkout when that was when they were phased out, you know, yeah. we all thought, "Oh my goodness, I, life is over." I've got to buy them again because I've forgotten the reusable. But you know, months down the track, we're all carrying our, our bags when we go to do our shop, so it becomes part of your. I'm um, drowning with those plastic habits. bags in my car at the moment. In every corner of the car, there are <laughs> there are plastic bags that I can reuse. So it's pretty much become part of our lifestyle and it's very difficult to forget Um, so (laughs) it may seem enormous at the beginning and a huge task but once you get into the habit of it there is no way of forgetting what you need to do and they and those habits if we can all make these small changes that might seem like they're not an enormous thing to do but collectively if we do it across the country it can have an enormous impact on the environment so Absolutely. that's what we encourage at Clean Up Australia. Think about the little things each of us can do. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't think you have to change the world in a day. Just do what, what you know you can take on as a small change that can have a positive impact. And, and you'll realise, oh, it's easier than I thought and I might adopt the next one. And, exactly. Uh, and your friend sees you do it and they think, oh, I'll, I'll do that too. So that's how we bring about change. Absolutely. And I think as Muslims we are inspired by our faith because our faith teaches us that it's sinful to throw away perfectly edible food. And if there is something that someone can benefit from, do not throw it away. Give it to someone else that can benefit from it. So there's a lot of guidance that we 
receive from prophetic teachings in the religion mm. of Islam. So there is such great wisdom in that, and it absolutely. It's very I mean, powerful. you know, we're encouraged to practice moderation uh, throughout the holy month and and really reevaluate the impact of our daily habits that are mm. harming ourselves and harming the environment. So the month of Ramadan, there's so much wisdom with it. You know, it teaches you to stop, pause, and reflect, and really think about mm. your lifestyle and how you're living, the luxuries, the impact of that. So Mm. there's a lot that we can talk about. Well, the Muslim community are great supporters of Clean Up Australia. I know one of the tenets of your faith is to take care of the environment and clean up the environment, but we have such enormous support all through the year from the Muslim community, so... Yeah, really yeah. of course. I mean, every yeah. year we participate in Clean Up Australia Day. Um, oh, so I. I guess there's yeah. still a lot for us to do, you know, to raise awareness about food production and, and waste and, and more urgently implement better practices to reduce waste. But I guess the first step in rectifying the problem is increasing awareness and then finding workable solutions. And that's what you were here uh, to talk to us about today, Pip Keenan, Chairman of Clean Up Australia. Uh, what an incredibly enlightening discussion with you it was today. A very timely discussion that is. And I thank you for all the advice and amazing information you shared with us today about food waste, the severity of this issue and what we can do to help. Thank you so much once again. Oh, thanks so much, Nadia. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and be part of the program. Thank you so much. The pleasure was mine. Keeping up with Ramadan, we're keeping up with the problem of food waste. Food waste, as you heard in the interview, is an enormous problem that deserves our undivided attention. And the sad thing is that it is growing 
at an alarming rate. A lot of the staggering amount of food that is produced for human consumption ends up being uneaten and discarded. And so the repercussions of that are absolutely huge. We also need to think about what else we're wasting when we throw away that food. We're not just wasting the food itself, but also a lot of those important resources, things like water and energy that are needed to produce, transport and sell that food. So basically, when we waste food, we also waste all the energy and water that it takes to grow, harvest, transport and package it. But food waste is not only expensive. As we heard in the interview, it also places severe pressure on our environment. If that food goes to landfill and rots, well, the environment will have to cop it, unfortunately. And it has been mentioned that a surge in decomposing foods in landfill generates, I think, about 25 times more harmful greenhouse gas emissions than carbon monoxide So it's quite scary because when we impact the environment, when we affect the environment with our actions, we're also impacting ourselves and our loved ones. But although the impacts of food waste are huge, it is promising to know that we all can make a difference, a positive difference that is to help reduce food waste in Australia. But reducing Australia's food waste requires, I guess, an integrated approach where governments, the private and non-for-profit sectors and the community at large work together. Because one person or a few people can't do it on their own. It requires all of us to make changes that start within our very own homes. Always be, as you bring me peace and feeling free. And so Pip gave us a really good rundown of those simple steps that we can take to reduce our food waste. So there are things like not going to the supermarket hungry because chances are we're going to overbuy. And when we overbuy, then it's going to end up in the fridge to basically rot. Also, making a grocery list so that you know what you want to buy and plan your meals. And we can do things like composting to keep inedible scraps out of landfill. And finally, and most importantly, I think, reuse as much as possible. Reuse the food provided that it is edible and safe to do so. And if you don't want to actually eat leftovers, why don't you give it to other people? You know, Ramadan is a month of giving, a month of charity. There are so many people who would absolutely love the food that you have made. But instead of throwing it away, make the conscious effort, make the conscious effort to actually give it to someone to benefit from. So there are ideally plenty of actions that we can take at an individual level to make a significant difference and to curb our emissions. Remember, fighting food waste plays a big role in fighting hunger and everyone has a part to play from production right through 
to the way that we as consumers choose to shop, how we see and view ugly looking fruit and vegetables instead of saying, mm, it doesn't look too pretty, I don't want it. No, actually purchase it and do something with it. There's also a lot that we can do in gaining an understanding, a proper understanding of food labels. You know, when something expires, the difference between use by and best before dates. So just because something has passed its best before date doesn't mean that it is not safe to consume. It just means that the quality of what you're uh, eating is not the best. But, you know, smell it, taste it. If it's good, well, you'll be okay. So there are so, so many things that we can do, especially in the month, uh, that really can make a difference. If you're inviting people for iftar, prepare food only enough for your guests or your family. Don't go overboard. Do not fall into the fear of not having enough. And if you do have plenty of leftovers, well, share it with your guests. Let them take some leftovers with them because chances are it's going to sit in the fridge for days and days and it's going to end up in the bin. Also, put less amount of food on your plate, especially when there's a variety of food available. A lot of us are quite guilty of overfilling our plates with food. Make sure that you will be able to finish your food to the last mouthful of it. Ramadan is the month of enlightenment. So I hope today I was able to enlighten you with the benefits of not wasting food. A big thank you once again to Pip Keenan, chairman of Clean Up Australia, for giving us, well, food for thought and opening our eyes to the harsh reality of food wastage, its impact socially, economically and environmentally. Ramadan is a fantastic time to reduce and eliminate unfavorable habits that will ultimately enhance the quality of our lives. Unfortunately, some of our poor attitude and habits develop during this time with all the food that we are confronted with. We often get, I guess, carried away, really affecting our chance of attaining full reward and blessings from Allah Azza wa Jal. Remember that it's not easy to produce food. There are people who endure hardship in order to provide the food on our table. That starts with our mothers, our precious mothers, who spend all day preparing the food for us on the table. The last thing you'd want to do is put it in the bin. So remember, the food that you're wasting could have filled the scorching bellies of the hungry people all over the world. Ramadan is a time to reflect and to ponder on our actions and change those actions for the better. So besides it being a religious recommendation not to waste food, the consciousness to adhere to this obligation will help our society as well. So the next time you throw food that is still good for consumption, remember that your action has consequences.
A big thank you for all your company and attention this afternoon. I hope you gain some positive information from today's interview. And I look forward to reconnecting with you on an all new episode of Keeping Up with Ramadan on Tom FM Muslim Community Radio. I wish you blessed times and happy times in the company of your number one station. Keep listening and don't forget to follow us on all our socials, Facebook and Insta. Take care and keep me in your supplication.